0: Hallelujah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Grab the Glory with Holly Smith. My name is Holly Smith. I'm so glad you're here today. This is a production of Lion and Lamb Ministries. Today we are picking up where we left off last week, which was sanctification part one. Today we're talking sanctification part two. What is sanctification? Why do you need it? We're going to get into all of it, but first let's review last week. So sanctification means to be made holy. To be made holy because God is holy and his word says, be ye therefore holy for I am holy. Right. And so we need to, we were, Genesis tells us that we are made in the image and the likeness of God. And so if we're made in the image and likeness of God, right, then we need to look like God. We need to act like God. Right. And so this is that process. It's the process of renewing your mind, transforming your mind, growing up in Christ Right? So that we're no longer the flesh creatures that the, the world created us to be, but we're actually these sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking, you know, Acts Church believers. Right. That can go out and heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead on a daily basis. These things are just typically normal for us day to day, glory to glory. Right. And so we want to walk in everything God has for us. And if everything I'm saying is so radical and it sounds so like, wait, did she just say what? Oh, Oh, I get it. I totally get it because the church today has not done you any favors. They have told you that, you know, the grace message is so rich, right? And it is. I'm not dumbing down. I'm not negating Jesus' grace and God's grace for our life. But, you know, grace picks up where we leave off. Grace is supposed to, to be that, that extender, that bridge between where we need to get to and where we can do ourselves, what we can do ourselves. That's Grace. Grace is not do whatever you want and I'll do everything. No, we're covenant partners with God, right? Jesus, he came down and he suffered and he died on the cross and he rose on the third day. He spent three days in hell paying for my sins and yours so that we could write all live eternally with God. And if you don't know that, that's the message. That's the gospel. Get saved. Say, Jesus, I don't want to carry this sin. I don't want to live this way anymore. Get saved. Get sanctified, get holy. Say, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. I want you forever. Amen. And he does it and you feel changed. You're renewed, right? You're going to have your eyes open to the real world. The beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. So if that's you today, congratulations, you're saved. And you just got your first piece of knowledge. But if you don't know anything past that, this is what this is for. And for those of you who got saved at any point in time in the last, I don't know, your entire life, And you don't know what's next. No one sat you down from a sermon, from a pulpit, or just through discipleship and said, hi, Um, God wants more from you than just a salvation prayer. If no one's told you that, today's the day you find out. God wants more for you than just saying a salvation prayer. He wants more from you than just a Bible verse on your Instagram bio. He wants more from you than just 15 minutes in the morning and every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night or when you can make it. He wants more, okay? He wants more. So that's what we're going to be doing today. So the first we did part one last week. And if you haven't seen it yet, go back and watch it because it's vital to understanding this part. But let me give you the first three steps really quickly. So first step is recognize you need to get sanctified. And the sanctification process is literally just taking you from who you are to who God called you to be. And it's that process. It's the renewing of your mind. Okay. So recognize you need to do it and then commit to yourself, commit to God that you're going to do this and not quit no matter what. Okay. Step two, surrender through prayer. Say, God, take my life and use it. Let me get sanctified. Lead me in this process. Grow me up in Christ so that I can grow to the full stature of the maturity of Christ so that I can do all the things Christ did and more because that's what he asked from me. Jesus gave up his life. I'm going to give up mine right now. Show me where I've missed it and help me change it in Jesus name. Amen. You say that prayer and you mean it with all your heart and God will lead you. He'll help you. All right, step three is this. Saturate yourself with the word of God. Saturate yourself with the word of God. This is where we spent the bulk of our time last week. We talked about... We talked about how, you know, we have to not only be in the word, but we also need to be watching sermons and we don't need to be watching any sermon. We need to be watching a good sermon because how many of you know that there are preachers out there who will not tell you the truth. They're afraid to hurt your feelings. They will preach the grace message till the cows come home, but they won't tell you that God requires more from you than a salvation prayer. And those kind of preachers are the ones that have created the wimpy church we have today. And we are kicking them out of here, man. We are getting rid of that crap because you know what? God asked for warriors and he created you in his likeness and in his image, which means you're far more capable than you think. You have far greater vision than you realize right now. The plans God has for your life are so significant, so intense, so abundantly creative and imaginative. They hit every single desire of your heart you've ever had and all the desires you don't know about yet. Do you understand that? Like, he's not even trying to get you something you don't want. He's trying to get you something he created you for, which means it it will satisfy you in a way that nothing on this earth has satisfied you. In fact, it's what you've been looking for. And it's sitting right here in the gospel. It's sitting right here in Jesus. And you just didn't know it. You thought Jesus was just, um, you know, he got rid of my sins. Woohoo. Life's a little harder because I guess the devil attacks sometimes, but it's fine. You know, like I'll make it to heaven and... That is not the gospel. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Okay, God wants more and we're gonna give him everything so he can give us everything. Because remember, Jesus gave everything. And he only asks us for our life. The gospel says that whoever lays picks up their cross and follows me, you gotta lay down your life, pick up your cross and follow me. That means that I no longer see Sarah in the camera. I no longer see John in the camera. You guys are not Sarah and John. You are Jesus number one and Jesus number two, right? That's who you need to look like. And until you look like Jesus in every way, shape, and form, you're not ready. You're not sanctified. We got to get sanctified. You can get sanctified, but I need to know sanctification is a lifelong process. You will always be refining. You will always be growing to the fullness of the stature of Christ, but Right. God has this very intended time in your life where you transform your mind and he calls it the sanctification process. I like to call it basic training. You go through basic training in God's word so that he can give you everything that he's he wants to give you, you have an assignment, you have a role as a warrior, as a soldier in the kingdom of God, and you don't realize it yet. And it's not carrying a gun and marching. It is carrying the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and speaking it in the face of peace or adversity. You have an armor to put on every single day and people just don't realize it. And so we have to realize the situation that we're in. And if you don't know, let me inform you, we are not here to have fun. I'm sorry, I I apologize. I know that's what you wanna hear. We're not here to have fun. We are not here to take endless vacations. We are not here to ride off into the sunset. That's not our time yet. That's not what we're here to do. We are strictly here to defeat the devil. And the devil's already been defeated, Holly. I know it has guys. I know the devil has been defeated. I get it. I really do get it. But here's the thing. The devil is not in the lake of fire yet, right? He's still going around and attacking people. And the Bible says that the gates of hell cannot prevail against what? the church. Okay. And as the body of Christ, as the church, we are called to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And even though Jesus paid for it all, and even though Jesus did it all until you and I hook in with him and transform to be like him, we can't use his power that he gave us. We can't help people the way he helped people. Because Jesus was holy. And right now, if your life looks something like working 40 hours a week, complaining about your boyfriend sleeping and 12 hours a night, or 10 hours a night, or eight hours a night, and I'm not saying sleeping's bad, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God will have so much for you that you will only get four hours of sleep, or six hours of sleep, but he'll make it 12. You'll have the energy to run your race. You are burning daylight, babe. Get up and go. Get up and go. You got things to do, but until you get up and go. Before you do that, (laughs) because this is where people miss it, they get all zealous and they're like, I'm in the army of God, I'm going to go. And they go and they try to preach or they go and they try to be the light, but they're not sanctified. They're not made holy. They're not transformed. And so all they're doing, right, is conforming. All they're doing is pretending. All they're doing is saying, okay, I caught that role and that role and I need to do that thing and I need to do that thing over there. Nope. No, that's not what God wants. He doesn't want you to guess at it. He wants to prepare you. He wants to get you ready to run this race. And that is what I like to call basic training or what we call here on the program, the sanctification process. Okay, so that's what he's asking you to go through today. That's what he's wanting from you. That's what I'm called to preach all over the world for the rest of my days because people need to grow up. We need to grow up. It's time as the body of Christ to grow up because we got to get beautiful, guys. Jesus is coming for a beautiful bride without stain or wrinkle. And that means we got to look like him. We got to go do the works Jesus did and greater than these we'll do because he went to the father. It's time to do those greater than these works. The latter rains are falling. The end has come. And if you don't know it yet, if you haven't seen the news recently, then let me be the first to tell you, go read revelations. The news and revelations will line up. Okay. Okay. They will. I know there's going to be some things you don't understand in there, but I really feel led of the Lord to tell you that, you know, revelation starts by saying blessed is the one who reads the prophecy of this book. You're blessed for just having read it because what you need is the context of it. You need to have it in the back of your head all the time. You need to keep it actually at the forefront of your head so that you understand what's going to go on. If you don't know what the antichrist is, if you don't know what the mark of the beast is, how are you going to know, um, what people are talking about when they talk about that stuff? You want to go in the rapture, right? So you're not going to see the antichrist. You're not going to see the mark of the beast. You don't have to worry about getting it or not getting it. The COVID vaccine as of right now is not the mark of the beast after the rapture. I don't know what it'll be. I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you is you don't need to concern yourself with those things as much as what is the world going to look like? What do I need to do to get prepared? And more importantly, what's my future? Because revelations will give you a vision revelations will give you some eternal perspective you didn't have because revelations lines out what happens when all of this is said and done, when the scrolls are closed, what's going to happen next? See, we don't know what the children of men are going to be in eternity yet. God hasn't revealed that to the world yet, but what I know personally, and what I've heard in prophecy in the last decade is that it's going to be good. (laughs) We are called to rule and reign We were made in God's image and in God's likeness. And as of right now, the universe is expanding faster than the speed of light, faster than the speed of light. Scientists are saying, why is the universe expanding like this? And and it's expanding so quickly because God's getting ready for his children to come home because you have a life and you have work to do after time ends. We are in the church age. We are in this this six-day work week of Adam's, right? We're just in this small time. That's why God tells you in the Bible that your life is but a vapor and a mist. Because it's just this really short amount of time. And to God, it's just, that's your entire life. is. That's not a lot of life, is it? So that's why I said this isn't the place to rest. This isn't the place God's going to give you rest. Don't mishear me. God's going to give you a lot of it because he loves you and he cares for every part of you. But you need to understand that this is not the time to sit back on your haunches. This is the time to get everything you can get into eternity. The Bible says to lay up for yourself riches where moths do not um, rot, where thieves do not break in and steal. Right. It's because when you give to the kingdom of God, it's because when you, when you, when you hook in with God and say, I don't actually care about buying a boat. I care about getting soul saved. God's going to let you do both guys, by the way, like when you get this revelation that you seek ye first, the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. God's going to give you everything, right? But first, and this is where the basic training comes in. And this is where I get that term. You got to lay it all down. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you got to lay it all down. What happened with the rich young ruler? He was like, Jesus, I'm so holy. I've done everything right. What can I do to get this kingdom that you're talking about? And he said, you got to give up. He said, sell all you have and give to the poor. Why? Not because everyone has to sell all they have and give to the poor. That's not what God's asking from you. But in this young rich ruler's case, he took his wealth as his true, is his true treasure. His riches were his security. His riches were his safety net. They were his God. And he said, Jesus said, Put your God down and make me God. Make Jesus, make Jesus the Lord of your life, not your money. Trust me enough that your money is going to, that you don't need money, that I'm going to give you money, that I'm going to provide for you. Don't trust in your own 40 hour a week salary job. Trust in me. And that's where tithes and offerings come in. Will a man rob God? Yes, he will in the tithe and offerings. He said to give 10% 10% of your earnings, not donate 10% of your earnings. Give so that there may be meat in my house. Giving is a part of the gospel. Giving is a part of the kingdom way. Because if you'll notice, Genesis says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will not cease. Okay? And in this time in life, what you need to remember is that you have seed. The Bible says that God provides seed to the sower. And so everything that you do, every breath you take and everything you do with that breath is seed. Your breath is the seed God gave you. He gave you life. What are you gonna do with it? And that's what we're talking about today. What are you going to do with your life? Are you going to make a difference in this world? Are you going to make a difference for the kingdom? Are you going to have people knocking on your front door in your mansion in heaven and saying, thank you for giving to the gospel because of you I'm saved. Thank you for showing up and being the light of the world today because of you I'm saved. Are you going to do that? Are you going to have people lined up, lined down the street because you assigned, you did your assignment, because you did went through this boot camp, because you got sanctified? Are you going to be one of those? Are you going to be the one that barely made it in an and has to stand in line. I don't know. We'll see. Now I think everyone will stand in line because of every freely you've been given freely give, right? Everyone's going to stand in line, but I, there are going to be people in heaven who have less than others. It's true. It's just true, because it says, "What's bound on earth is bound in heaven." Store up your treasure for heaven. In heaven, there's a there's a wonderful, very true um, testimony of of a man that went to heaven. His name is Dr. Jesse Duplantis. He is a preacher of the gospel. He's an evangelist. He's very famous um, in the church world, and he he. God took him to heaven in 1983, I believe in, uh, Arkansas, he got sucked out of the room. And all of a sudden he was on a trip to heaven. He was in this, this thing with an angel. And he said, you have an appointment with the most high God. Right. And so they went through this whole thing and, and this trip, cause I asked the Lord, I said, why did you take Jesse to heaven? Because first of all, I'd like to go, but I just don't think I'd come back. So I think that's probably why he's not going to let me go. Um, but he said, he said, I said, why? And he said, because Jesse had to dispel this myth that heaven is just some scary place where everybody sings an angel in this choir and, and that's all you do for eternity. That's not true. That's not who I am. So if I'm going to link it down below, I'm going to link it in this video. And, um, it's so important that you watch it. It's so important that you get an understanding of where where heaven is and what heaven is, because heaven is a place. Um, Jesse said it's, it's kind of like a planet, you know, and this is our home. Heaven is our home. Okay. It's got gold streets. It's got mansions, but more than that, it's got God. It's got the presence of God. It's got the glory of God. And it's got a bunch of really happy people. And they don't have the burdens of sin and death like we have here. And they've been through this. They've seen this. They've done this and they got to go home. Because they made heaven their home. Okay. There's also people that have went to hell. I'm not going to link that video because you don't need to worry about it. But I'm trying to tell you that um, if you're looking for evidence of the supernatural, if this is something that you're like, this sounds like a lot of work, I'm going to need to know what's on the other side of it. God has provided even that. All you have to do is choose to believe and then choose to act. And that's what we're talking about today. So after you saturate yourself with the word of God and after you get into sermons, the fourth thing you're going to do is be a doer of the word. That's number four, be a doer of the word, do what you've been told by these ministers of the gospel. And if the way, you know, if you're listening to a good sermon is those ministers of the gospel that you're listening to are found from my website go to lionlandministries.com slash binge Jesus. And I'm not telling you this because Holly approved these people. I'm telling you this because God approved these people. He put this list together and he said, I want you to push this out as fast and as hard as you can. I want you to get this to every member of the body of Christ because these are my generals of the faith. These are the guys who have been doing it a long time. They've been walking with the Lord a long time and they're bringing anointings to the body of Christ. They're bringing revelation to the body of Christ that they need to grow up in Christ and to act like Jesus. Each one, of them has a specialty and you're going to see that as you watch each one of them. But my prayer for you today is that you do. My prayer for you today is that you do go to their website, go to my website, that you do click on binge Jesus and that you let the Holy Spirit lead you in those videos, lead you in those ministers and in what videos to watch from each one, because you're not going to run out of content. If you're tired of binging TV shows or you don't have one right now, I have got the solution for you. Okay. Because since I stopped watching TV and started watching sermons, I have not missed TV one millisecond. And I was a binge queen. You could have, if you told me that I had to watch sermons the rest of my life and not television. I would have cried. I would have sat there and cried before I went through this process. But you know what? It's true. It really is that amazing. It really is that phenomenal. God's light is so powerful that it really will transform your mind to where you don't want the things of the world. You don't want the bad food. You don't want to make poor dietary choices or lifestyle choices. You don't want to be mean to your spouse. You don't want to snap at your kids. You don't want to be rude to your boss. Why? Because you got God's love in you. You got God's light in you. And it's so imperative that you learn it. It's so imperative that you understand it. But until you get around it, you're not going to know it. Right, So I know that I'm talking to the right crowd because you're sitting here listening to a sermon right now. You could be watching anything and you're listening to a sermon. You're listening to somebody talk about God. So I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to encourage you and say, you're already on the right track. You're already doing the right things. Now take that next step. Because if there's something you're going to learn about God early and often, it's that he's always going to call you up. He's never going to, to let you stay where you're at for long because you have that far to go. There's a big discrepancy between me and Jesus right now, right? If that's what you're thinking, there's a big discrepancy between me and Jesus. I'm still growing up to the full stature, the maturity of Christ, but you know what? I'm a lot farther along than I was. And I'm far enough along that God said, you've been activated for the kingdom of God. I'm ready for your voice now, which means I've attained a certain level, right? Of sanctification that's needed a certain level of transforming. And so for the rest of my days, all God's going to be doing is refining that is continuing to refine me, continuing to smooth those rough edges, continuing to take things out of my soul and out of my mind that I never needed in the first place, that the devil tried to plant there, that people tried to plant there, that my flesh tried to plant there. And he's going to continue to reveal to me very gently and slowly exactly what he needs me to fix and alter so that I can look exactly the way he wants. But in the meantime, he's going to use me because I'm usable. And that's the point you need to get to. That's the point that that's the point of the sanctification process is to get through the basic training, get to the point that God can use you. And then for the rest of your days, he's just going to be refining you, but not because he's trying to get something from, you No, because he's trying to get something to you. And I promise you, once you get through the, the big transforming part, the basic training part, once you get through these seven steps. Oh, life is so good. It's so much easier. Things make sense. You understand why bad things happen and how good things happen. You understand how to get things from God. You understand that God's not mad at you. You understand that God doesn't hate you. You get to talk to God by the end of this process. Did you know that? Did you know God talks and he'll talk to you? Hallelujah. Jesus talks and he'll talk to you. He'll show you his face. Did you know the Holy Spirit will lead you in every single moment? You never have to be alone again. You never have to be scared again. You never have to doubt if you're doing the right thing again. How many of us would like that, right? In this world today, how many of us would like to know why those fires are happening in Maui? How many of us would like to know why certain things are happening? And you know what? When you get a relationship with the God of the universe, you can just sit down and ask him that stuff and he'll tell you. He really will. He'll give you an answer, even if it's not when you understand, even if it's not when you like, it'll be when you can understand. He will talk to you at your level. And so, um, glory to God. He's just so good. And, and, and the end of all this, I need you to remember and hear me the most wholeheartedly. God is a father. And he's your father and he's my father. He's a good daddy. He loves you. And he is not asking you to go through this because he hates you, because he's mad at you, because he thinks you should have done it sooner, because he thinks you should have known. None of that. He's asking you because you're ready. He's led you to this video because it's time and he's saying you got to this point and I'm so proud of you, but it's time to level up because when you level up in behavior and interest in God and your the seed that is the breath of your life, when you level up and dedicating all of that to Jesus instead of yourself, then God gives you everything. And I can tell you that with hundred percent certainty, you don't have to worry about food. You don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about health. You don't have to worry about relationship or, um, having a spouse or anything or great kids. God just blesses you with it because you have the wisdom of God. And so you can walk, um, through life without those grenades of the devil hitting you. Don't you want that protection? Don't you want that security? All right. That's what we're going into today. So a lot of the things that these ministers are going to talk to you about are your words. The biggest thing these ministers are going to talk to you about, a lot of them are your words. Oh no. Are they some sort of health, wealth, and word of faith prosperity preachers? Yup. Yeah, they are a hundred percent. And a lot of them, I'm probably, I'm sure you've heard some pretty nasty things about if you've been around the body of Christ for too long, not for too long, but you know what I mean? Here's why. Because if you think about it, I want you to zoom out for a minute. Withhold judgment till you finish listening to me. If you're the devil, who are you going to attack most? Who are you going to make sure everyone knows they should hate? Someone who's lying to the body of Christ or someone who's telling the truth to the body of Christ and making them stronger, richer, better, and more powerful and able to defeat the devil. Which one are you going to attack? The second one. So I'm not saying that... Um, Well, I kind of am saying that if there's a lot of bad press in the world about a certain preacher, it's worth asking God if that's worth your time, because I'll guarantee you this, the devil doesn't attack himself and the devil doesn't attack people who aren't effective for Jesus, who aren't effective for God. So if the world has attacked a minister or a preacher, that's a good sign, not a bad one. Okay. Look at all the prophets of old. They were attacked heavily. Jeremiah was like. He had one convert and it was his scribe. The whole world hated him. But Jeremiah had one of the longest books in the Bible. So unless, um, you know, the ministers of today, they're in that category. And I just need you to hear that. I need you to know that, that God has placed those anointings and that much power on the earth today and even more guys, because God is ever increasing. The body of Christ is increasing. There is more power. There's more anointing. There's more holiness on the earth today than there has ever been. And that's what you need to hear. So withhold judgment and listen to me and let the Holy Spirit convict you, right? Don't even listen to me. Don't take my word for it. Ask the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know the Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. I want to use your power. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And pretty soon you'll be speaking in tongues. And if you don't feel anything different, just trust God because it'll get there. Okay. All right. So be a doer of the word. Do what you've been told by those ministers and by the word to do. Speak blessing. Speak life. The biggest thing you need to know today is that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so those who eat of its, those who do it will eat of its fruit. Okay. Um, You will eat of whatever fruit your tongue produces. Whatever you're speaking out of your mouth is going to be what's in your life. And a lot of the sanctification process, the biggest part of the sanctification process, the biggest part of this doing is going to be your mouth. You got to control the tongue. Go look in the book of James. If you're curious about the tongue, it's a very powerful, the book of James says it's a rudder and how a rudder is so small and yet it steers the whole ship. Your tongue is so small and yet it steers your entire life. The course of your life is determined from your tongue. Okay. Everything you see you've created through your tongue. So if you say that I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm disgusting, I'm bad at my job my wife hates me, whatever it is. You're going to see the fruit of that in your life. But on the adverse, if you say I am loved, I am chosen. I am holy. I am redeemed. I am powerful. I am creative. I am rich. I am blessed. I am loved by the most high God. You will see the fruit of that in your life as well. Because here's what I I actually just heard this and I thought it was so good. So, um, I'm going to use it because I really feel led of the Lord too. This, and the Bible says this, this is the sword of the spirit. Okay. But God did not write the world into existence. He didn't write the world into existence. It did not say that God wrote down, let there be light and light appeared. He didn't write it down. He spoke it, but he gave you and I manual. He wrote it down for you and I, so we could study it. And so we could know it because, um, the Bible says to study, to show oneself approved. Okay. So you need to study this word and know it to show yourself approved by God. And that's being a doer of, of what you're hearing. And, and so being a doer of what you're reading in step three is to speak this word out of your mouth constantly, Use it as a weapon. God is not going to do anything that's not rooted in scripture. Okay. He's not going to tell you something that goes against scripture. So, um, you're going to need to know this phrase. Did Jesus come in the flesh? And if that voice says, yes, then you're talking to God almighty. You're talking to Jesus. You're talking to the Holy spirit, but if you say, did Jesus come in the flesh and you hear this voice and it says, Oh, that's a devil. That's a demonic spirit. And you say flee in the name of Jesus, because guess what? You got more power than them. All they can do is try to deceive you. And that's all that's happened in your life so far. You've been deceived. You've been deceived by false doctrine. You've been deceived by lies. You've been deceived by the world and how negative and dark it looks. And you're like, how could there be a God? How could there be light? How could God be this good? Because everything's this bad because he's waiting on you he's waiting on you. If you're looking around saying, when is somebody going to do something about this? Uh, it's you, (laughs) it's your calling. It's your assignment. God does not open your eyes to a problem without making you the solution. So what problems are you seeing today? just a rhetorical question. Um, I'll give you an example for me. I noticed that people acted the way that media portrayed life to be. If media portrayed life to be cookie cutter, that's how people acted. But the minute that media started portraying life to be bad and doom and gloom, people started feeling doomier and gloomier. And I learned, I realized I, my eyes were just open to this, right? Like I was just thinking, and I would just notice how dark movies would get and how dark television shows have gotten and how, how nasty things have gotten and how people are looking at that. And they're consuming that all the time. And then they're producing that. I noticed that. And I was like, Lord, this is a problem. And I noticed how the church was portrayed in media. And I was like, I said to myself on my couch one day, as I was going through this process, I didn't have my full vision yet. I didn't know what God was asking me to do yet. I knew I had something big because he has something big for everybody, but I didn't know what it was. And I said, um, to myself, I was watching television. I was watching, or I was watching something to do with the church and I was seeing one of their promos or something. And I was like the church needs a rebrand. <laughs> and God piped up in my ear and he said, I know. Who do you think's going to do it? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, uh, mm. cause I, remember I'm a market. I'm, I'm a marketing professional. That's my job. I know. Um, I did that professionally and I can anytime I want. I just happen to <laughs> have two small little children. And so I left the workforce cause I, I love my babies and I wanted to do that. And I thought like I had to choose between working and having my babies. Turns out I don't, but, um, I felt led of the Lord to leave corporate America. And this is why I know how to, I know what market looks like. I know how to make things look beautiful. I know how to make things look perfect on film. I know how to put pieces and places together. I know how to weave a story to make it beautiful and to make you feel something right? I have all those skill sets. Well, it turns out there's a reason for it. He said, I called you to rebrand the church. And then he gave me my vision. And if you don't know my vision, you can go back to the last episode and look at it. Cause it's really cool. All right. So we're going to go to first Corinthians chapter two. The Holy spirit just took us on a roller coaster guys. That was so, I don't think I've ever talked that fast. Wow. Wow. That was the Holy ghost. This whole sermon is, it's not me. I need you to know that, that before I was sitting in this chair, I was putting my children to bed and throwing clothes on. That wasn't a t-shirt that was stained and sweats. And I was putting makeup on and I was, I was doing all these things, right? I was pressing these nails on because I have two small children and my husband works out of town. So like, I'm not going to the salon today. I was getting myself put together to be in here. And I told the Lord, because he was trying to talk to me about something that quite frankly had nothing to do with this sermon. And I said, Lord, you're interrupting me. (laughs) I'm trying to do my sermon prep. And he said, you don't need to. The Holy Spirit's going to do your sermon. Like we can just move. Like, I'm not saying I don't spend a lot of time in the word of God. I do. I spend a ton of time in the word. That's all I do with my life. I spend so much time being in the word, listening to sermons and then doing what I hear. That's all we're going to do with you. Right. So I spend a lot of time in the word, but I just wanted to, you know, go over what we were going to talk about today, um, and see what I, what I had and what verses lined up where. And I just wanted to put everything in place. And he said, you don't need to, the Holy spirit's going to do it. The Holy spirit's going to give your sermon. And I was like, Oh, and then, cause I'm a human being. And I'm, I, you know, I'm just going to be, I am going to be honest with you guys. One day people are going to pull back this footage and be like, Whoa, you were rough around the edges. Cause I'm going to get more refined. Hallelujah. Right. But right now this is where I'm at and I'm so excited about it because I'm better than I've ever been. And so I was going through my sermon notes and I, w- I was, I was, putting all the pieces in place. I wanted to make it perfect. And God was like, you're, um, you don't need to, the Holy Spirit's going to give you your sermon. And I said, in my head. I immediately got into condemnation. I immediately thought, and I wasn't trying to, but I immediately thought, oh, it's probably because I'm new and because, you know, I'm just not very good at this yet and he's going to just have to do it for me until I started acting like a flesh creature for a minute. And before I could even crucify the thought, I was going to eventually, um, God doesn't let you feel sorry for yourself in case you're curious. He does not let you feel sorry for yourself he said this, he said, um, it's not because you're not ready. You are ready. That's why I'm letting you preach. He said, it's because the Holy spirit is going to give every sermon you ever preach. And I said, Oh, huh? that makes more sense. Okay. Sorry. This is something else he told me today. And I'm just telling you this because I want you to see it. I want you to see life lived, talking to a real God, a real creator. He's got power and he's so insightful. (laughs) And he can give you insight in a place that has been dark a long time. He can shed light on it. And in one moment, clear up something that you've struggled with your whole life. He's got the power to deliver you from those things. He's got the power to heal you from those things. And he's got the power to speak truth in areas that have been lied to. And that's all the sanctification process is, is cleaning all that gunk out. Okay. But he was saying to me this morning, um, we talk when I'm in the shower, because I think he talks to a lot of people when they're in the shower, they're alone and they don't have a screen. So that's key. Um, but I was, I was talking, um, to him, Lord remind me. And I was thinking about Paul. I was listening actually, um, to first Corinthians. And this is actually where we're going to read in just a minute. I was reading this this morning. I was listening to it in the shower. Um, cause again, the words always in my eyes and ears, it's always in my eyes and ears. So I'm in the shower. I'm not going to waste time. I'm going to listen to the word of God because I have a minute to listen to the word of God. And I'm a mom of two small kids and I got a shower in the middle of the day. So all those moms out there, please give me a a virtual high five, okay? Because that was a feat in and of itself. Um, Hallelujah, my 10 month old took a nap. So my point is this. I was listening to first Corinthians and I was thinking about Paul. See, Paul and I, when I get to heaven, you know, um so <laughs> let me put it this way. Paul had some flaws. Uh, I don't know what Paul's deal is with women, but he had a deal with women and it's obvious through the scripture. So I'm not giving you my opinion. This is just portrayed through scripture that he, he had uh, an issue with women at times and he clearly sanctified himself out of it because he had so many women preachers and ministers that he worked with throughout those letters. He'll talk to them and talk through them. And he's, he's so loving to them. Um, So he gets sanctified out of this moment in time, but in this moment in time, again, we don't know what happened, but we know he was jaded about women because he spoke like that. And he said to, um, the church in Corinth, I don't know why anybody would get married, but if you just can't contain yourself, if you just can't keep it in your pants, then I guess we're just going to have to, I'll say it a different way. Lord, you want me to say it exactly like that? Okay. Well, that's basically what That's what Paul said. He said, if you can't keep it in your pants, then get married. But if you can, by all means do it, because that's way better, just like I do it. (laughs) And it just bothered me because, you know, marriage is the best thing other than Jesus that ever happened to me. And it's the best thing that happened in my life Um, other than Jesus. Jesus used it to, to really just make my life amazing. And I love my husband and I love my marriage. And so when Paul starts going off about how you shouldn't get married and blah, 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 it upsets me because I'm like, wait a minute, God said, be fruitful and multiply, which means he wants you to get married, which means it's his plan. So it's not his best that you're alone. Otherwise he'd have made you to be alone. And I just have always felt this way. And so anytime anyone has ever read first Corinthians, my hairs bristle and I just go, And so I've had to crucify that. I've forgiven Paul. (laughs) And I'm not kidding. The Lord was like, one day, a few months ago, he was like, you need to forgive Paul. (laughs) I said, really, Lord? Because he's like in heaven. He's like, but he's still a person. You're going to meet him one day and you can't have unforgiveness in your heart. I need you to forgive him because you know what? He got, he got through that time. This is the thing. God put people's flaws in this book. So you don't feel like you're supposed to be perfect. He does not use perfect people other than Jesus. If you're a human being and just a human being, he's using you because you're imperfect. He uses the weak to confound the wise, right? He uses the humble to to really mess up the proud. So here's the point. Paul was talking about women and I was irritated To say the last once again, and and I was reminding myself, you know, don't be because, you know, he grew out of this and everything's fine and whatever. And the Lord interrupted me and he said, you know why that still bothers you? And I said, why? He said, because Paul was giving his opinion in the word. It says, now this is not the Lord talking. This is Paul talking. And then he starts going into what Paul is saying, what he's thinking. He starts talking about it. And, um, he said, you know why that bothers you? Because Paul gave you his opinion. And I was like, oh, and he said, Paul gave you a reason why he gave you his opinion. He's like, listen, I'm a man of God. I've read the word. I know God. So I feel very justified and qualified to give you my opinion. And that's what's happened in the body of Christ. People have felt justified, qualified to give you their opinion instead of what the word says. Why was Jesus perfect? How did Jesus get perfect? He only said what his father said, and he only did what his father said to do. That's it. He only said what his father said to say. He only did what his father said to do. He heard God. So if you and I are going to walk like Jesus and do the works Jesus did in greater than, then I think we're going to have to do the same thing. We're going to have to get our opinions out the way. We're going to have to get ourselves Out the way so that only Jesus, so that only the father is shown to the world and none of us, because right now you don't need to hear my opinions on certain things. It's not going to help you. In fact, if you were listening to this, just for my opinion, I'd have a much smaller audience, but I'm going to have a very large audience because I'm saying what God's saying, right? And God's saying, his word. He's telling you the truth. And so my job on this platform is to give you the word of God and not me. You are not supposed to know me. You're supposed to know God. And that doesn't mean you get I'm not going to tell you stories about my life or about who I am because who I am is who God created me to be. But when people start getting into their opinion, when they come off their sermon and they step out from behind that pulpit and say, "Actually, I'm just going to I'm just going to tell you what I think for a minute." run. I'm not saying leave your church unless the Holy ghost tells you to, but you need to, to shut it down. You need to just shut it down your mind and and stop hearing. You need to just, okay, no longer. The word of God is being preached. No longer. The word of God is being preached. So whatever this man or woman is about to say, it's not the word of God because they said, let me give you my opinion. Opinions of humans will fail. They may help some, but they will hurt more. They will hurt more people than they help. But God's words will only ever help his children. They will only ever help people. God's words are not intended to harm you and they won't. Not only are they not intended to, nobody intends to harm when they're trying to give you advice, but God's words won't harm you because you were created to be connected to him as the source. The word was with God. The word was God. So God's not going to hurt you. This word is not going to hurt you. And I feel led of the Lord. I think we went down this whole rabbit trail to tell you that some of you out there are really afraid of this word of God. You're terrified that you're going to get in here and find some things that you don't like. You're terrified that you're going to get in here and not understand it. You're scared of it, that that is a lie from the pits of hell. He's your dad and he gave you an instruction manual for life. Read it, read it. Read it, read it, read it, read it. Thus saith the Lord, read it. Okay? I'm a prophet of God. I'm qualified to say that. Read it. Read the word of God. And I'm going to tell you about a translation of the Bible today. I'm not selling it. Okay, this isn't to sell you anything. I'm going to give you a link to go buy it somewhere else. But I'm going to tell you about this version because this version really helps clear some things up. Especially those of you who don't have spiritual leadership in your life. Who don't have spiritual mature leaders in your life. You need this version. This is called the Amplified Version Classic Edition. Okay, it left print for a long time. And Kenneth Copeland, um, that wonderful brother in Christ. Wonderful holy prophet of God, he and his team and his ministry, they worked with the producers of the Amplified Bible to get the classic edition back in print because it's so vital, um, because it's truly the word of God. And, and I'm going to tell you about the edition. So it was this woman who really, it was a God project. It was a God assignment on her life. Um, and what she did was she went through the book in the original texts. She went back to the original, it's Hebrew. She went back to the original uh, languages that are in the Bible, word for word for word. And she, she took what the words meant and she put it in parentheses so that, right, You and I could understand what the original people were trying to convey, what God was saying in those original conversations in that original language, because that language is so rich and it's so deep and it's so developed that our words, a word for word translation is not going to give you what the text actually means in the richness that it means it. that makes sense. So it's really important that you pick up an amplified Bible today. Um, it's only $30. And if you're like, wow, $30 is a lot of money to me. Have you heard about inflation? I would ask the Holy spirit, but I'll tell you this. I really feel led of the Lord to talk to you about this today. So I know that it's an investment in your future. It's an investment in your spiritual life. And I can tell you from experience that you invest in God, he invests in you. Okay. I am a wealthy woman and it doesn't have to mean, um, (laughs) that I have trillions of dollars in the bank, I will, 100% I will one day. But right now, what it means is that I don't want for anything. I don't have an area of my life that is um, in need. I don't have a need. Every bill is always met. Every want and desire that I have is met It was a desire of my heart to have tacos every Friday. And you know what? God meets that need. And he met that desire. He put that on my husband's heart. He's like, honey, you need a specific eating out budget to order in certain nights of the week so that you can get a break from motherhood and a break from cooking. He just dropped that on my husband's heart. Why? Because I've been walking with the Lord and he does those kinds of things. He's like, this is something that would mean a lot to my daughter. And this is something I want to make happen for her. This is something that would mean a lot to my son. I'm going to make it happen for him. See, I've been talking a lot about what you're going to do for God, but you have to remember that God has already done everything for you. And not only that, but he's going to continue to because you're his kid. When your kids behave, when your kids do exactly what you tell them to do, don't you just want to pour out a blessing that they don't have room enough to receive? They can't even comprehend because you love them and they did exactly what you asked And so that's what the sanctification process is, right? It's doing exactly what he asked. And when you do, he can give you all those little desires of your heart that you don't have time to think about, that your spouse doesn't know about, that no one knows about. You'll just get those little God winks throughout your day and your life forever because he loves you. Okay. So that's just one example. I had, I, I grew up with the King James version and only the King James version and the Mormon edition of that. So I was very confused reading the Bible. It was a horrible experience. I hated reading the word of God. It was just taxing and annoying. And just, I was like, why do I have to sit and listen to this? It's not going to do anything. I'm just going to get back to my life in a few minutes. Not a great way to look at the word, but, um, the Lord understood where I was at. And so he understands where you're at he gets it wherever you're at today. He gets it. He sees you right where you are, right where you're at. God sees you. Did you know that he sees you and he loves you and he wants to talk to you and he wants a relationship with you and he wants to fellowship with you. And he can only do that if you get in his word first, because until you get in his word, you're not going to recognize his voice. Okay, And more than that, he wants you to show interest in him so he can open up doors and, and avenues in your life you didn't think existed. So he can send people into your life you didn't know were created just for you. Did you hear me? Because he creates some main key people and then he creates other main key people, but those key people are, are called and they're designed to serve you, to serve the vision God put in you. Did you know that? Because for as many leaders as God raises up, He raises up a hundredfold the followers. And just because you're a follower does not mean that you are not growing to the fullness of the stature and the maturity of Christ. But it means that that's your calling. And it says that the um, uh, the last shall be first. So if you're calling today and you know it in your heart is to serve someone else's vision, is to serve someone else. Know that that is not a denoting thing. That's not a demotion. That's not a third or fourth or second place. No, it's a high honor. Because in heaven, we're all servants. And so when you have the opportunity to serve here on earth, God will promote you in heaven. Okay, to a place that you were not expecting. The faithful servant of Elisha, served Elijah. Elijah served Elijah. And do you know what happened? He got a double portion of Elijah's anointing. He went on to do double the miracles, double the cool stuff. He had double the everything. Elijah actually did more than Elijah and he served first. So a big part of this is serving in your local church. A big part of this is until you get the vision from God, serve someone else's vision. Say, God, I may not be ready for this giant thing that you have. I may not be prepared to hear it today, but I know you have something for me to do today. And what is it? And then you go into that place and you serve faithfully because he who is faithful in a little will be given much. You know, there's those, um, that parable of the 10 talents, the five talents, the two talents, one talent, whatever it was. And, um, and the people that had the talents and they did good with, they got more. And those talents were, um, you know, they translate to insight in the word of God. People who know the word of God, when you do what God's asked you to do, the little that you know to do, God will give you further information on his kingdom. That's why you're here, honey. You got here because God saw you. He saw you and he saw you and he observed you. And he saw that no matter what you did, what you thought God wanted. And in the moments that you didn't, in the moments you knew that you missed it, you repented. That's why you're sitting in this video, because I guarantee you there's not a bunch of heathens and sinners listening to this content because God does not reveal his kingdom to people who don't, who aren't going to be qualified for it. He's not going to, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You see God when you see his kingdom. And so because you're hearing this today, honey, you're pure in heart. God loves you. He's not mad at you. He doesn't see you as an evil, bad sinner. He doesn't hate you. He loves you. God loves you, babe. He loves you. He cares for you so deeply. And that's why he pulled me out of my everyday life to preach this gospel today, because he needs you to hear that he loves you and that he has such a big, great, beautiful plan for you. And he doesn't see you as this broken, like little bird that's helpless. He sees you as this powerful, mighty daughter and son of a king. And he just wants to transform you so that you see it so that you can walk in the power that he's already given you hallelujah so this is what the holy spirit had for us today we did zero (laughs) whatever i was planning was not for you today this was sanctification part two I want to thank you for listening. Stay tuned for next week when we get into part three and we will go over the rest of the steps. But for now, hear that God loves you. He loves you so abundantly. He loves you with everything that he has. He adores you. Did you know that? He just adores you. He just sits there and stares at you. He thinks you're the most beautiful, creative, funny, abundant creature he's ever made. And he thinks that about every one of his kids. All of us mamas that have more than one kid, we know what he's talking about, right? See, when I first had my first kid, I was, my husband and I both, oh, us both, we were convinced um, that we were never going to love another child as much as we loved her. Just, it wasn't possible. My first daughter's name is Annabelle. And we were just convinced, you know, Annabelle is it. And we thought, I mean, it was on our hearts to have a big family, but, you know, there were moments and times where our love for her was so vast and so great. And we felt it so strongly in those moments where we just looked at each other and said, I don't know if we can have another one. I just don't know how my heart could get any bigger right? I don't know how I could love another person as much as I love her. It wouldn't be fair to another child. How many moms have had that thought? Okay. How many parents and dads have had that thought? It's not just us, right? Comment if you've had that thought too, because we have had that thought so many times in the three years that we had her before we had Noah, our second son, our, our second child is our first son and his name is Noah. He's our first son here on the earth. We have uh, our first son at Camden. He's in heaven. Um, We uh, miscarried before we knew any of this. And you know what happened after we got to know all this and we heard God's promises? You know what he told my husband and I? He said, you will never miscarry another child. You will never lose another child again because it's his promise to us. And so I go into pregnancies knowing I'm not going to lose this child. I have the blood of Jesus covering the children that are here. I know I'm not going to lose this child. He's made that promise to me, but he made that promise to me because he knows I'll walk in his ways, that I'll keep the doors to the enemy shut, that I will say his words, that I will speak blessing over my life, that I will speak and live in divine health. He knows that. And that's why he was able to make that promise to me. And if he hasn't made that promise to you yet and you want it, honey, get in this word just do it. Just get over yourself. Just put Pinterest down. Just put Instagram down. Just put Facebook down. Just put all the junk that you think is so important down. If you're one of those women that thinks their house has to constantly be clean. I love you. I want to be you a little bit. I'm not going to lie and, um, put it down. Decide this week. I'm going to have a messy house. Even if it burns you to the bone, put it down. Even if your family starts um, calling therapists and going, I don't know, I think the house is messy. She must be dying. I I don't get it. Put it down. Change. Don't look like who you were just for the sake of not looking like who you were, just for the sake of saying every minute of this week, God, that I was going to spend house cleaning and and do the basics. I mean, load the dishwasher. I'm not saying live in filth. I'm just saying every moment you would have scrubbed those baseboards or clean that toilet for the third time, put it down. Even the second or the first time it can go a week. Ladies, I, I heard you thinking, I heard you trying to get out of this. I heard it in my spirit. I heard it. Um, okay, I, I heard it because I would have done the same thing. I, I get it, I really do. So, God is asking you to put those things down, right? And if it's not house cleaning, maybe it's video games. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's talking on the phone to a friend. Maybe it's dates with your boyfriend. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's extracurriculars that you just don't need in your life right now. Maybe it's time spent with friends that you need to sacrifice. I don't know how old you are. I don't know what what time in your life you're at. Maybe it's a television show. Maybe it's movies. I don't know what takes up time in your life. I don't. I don't know. But God does. God does. And I can tell you right now that if you've made it this far and you've heard this much, then you also know because he's burning on the inside of you and he's already telling you the spirits leading you to it. It's coming up in your mind and you know exactly what I, what it is. This X, right? (laughs) We all went to algebra class, right? The X that I'm talking about, this thing that takes up and eats up your time that you've spent your time on because you're like, what else is there to do? This thing is what God's asking you to put down this week and for this week and this week, alone commit to one week right you're not going to quit the sanctification process but as a doer of the word as a doer of everything we're teaching you i want you to for this week say god i'm going to dedicate everything i have to listening to sermons from the binge jesus page lionlandministries.com slash binge jesus why because those are the generals god put on this earth to teach you the gospel listen to the top so you can be the top and get the top's results okay You listen to those. You spend all week long listening to those sermons. You spend all week long going to this word as the Lord leads you in the areas the Holy Ghost leads you at pray for revelation. You spend all week long doing that and you come back and you give me a testimony. You tell me what changed. You tell me what happened because I guarantee you that God will protect this week for you. I know that there are a lot of pastors and ministers out there who are like, the devil's gonna come and he's gonna fight you. Okay, I get it. <laughs> just, I get it. And, and I they're not wrong all the time, but you know, the devil's just one guy. And I'm feeling allowed the Lord to tell you he's a little busy this week. So he's gonna protect this week for you, he's gonna protect this time for you to shut everything out as much as you can. Put the phone on, do not disturb. Close your mouth and open your ears and eyes and hear with your heart what God is getting into you today. Hear with your heart what he wants for you this week, because the only person that can promote is God. It The Bible says all authority is approved by God. Every single one. I know. Even that guy. I know. But you know, Pharaoh was approved. Pharaoh was created so that God's glory could be revealed and the children could be saved. Right? So So don't be intimidated by that. But I'm trying to say that if you're looking for promotion in life, if you're looking for advancement in the kingdom and advancement in life, it comes from advancement in the kingdom. So if you want to get advancement in life, you need to get advanced in the kingdom. And if you don't even know what the kingdom is, this is your time, babe. Because there are things you don't know today. And after you go through this process and after you do it, I promise you, your life's going to be changed. You're going to say, I really hated you there for a few weeks because that was really hard, but it's over. And I'm so grateful because I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Even if the devil protect, even if the devil's leaving you in all week, which he will, God is protecting this week for you. This is your week, babe. It's your week. He's going to protect this time for you. You pray and you commit to this and he's going to protect this for you. But listen. Your flesh is with you all the time. (laughs) Your soul is with you all the time. And if you don't know soul, body, and spirit, then go back to my last sermon because I really dug into what those three things are. But when you get in the Word of God, and this is what I didn't say last week that I really wanted to get out today. So I'm glad the Holy Spirit's going there because, guys, I have no control over what's happening. (laughs) I am hearing this for the first time just like you are, because that I'm speaking out of my spirit, I'm not speaking out of my head. I don't know what the Holy Ghost is about to say. Okay. What I didn't get into last week, and I really wanted to, so I'm glad the Holy Ghost is going there, is this that when you crucify the flesh. When you tell your soul and your mind, your will, and your emotions to shh, we're not talking. It's not your turn. Right. And you, the, the only thing that's left to lead is the spirit. Okay. But the spirit cannot lead without this because you got to strengthen your spirit. The Bible says that when you pray in tongues, you strengthen your innermost being. I remember starting this process and going, "I am so sick of this. I just want to watch TV and eat junk food and do nothing and I don't want to work and I don't want to do sermons and I don't want to read the bio verses. I just want to rest. I just want to break from this. I don't know how to do this. This is hard because I had those moments because my, my flesh and my soul, they were protesting. No, let us out. We want to lead. But my spirit knew that it had to be strengthened. And so I I asked the Holy, I asked the Holy Ghost. I said, I don't know how to do this, Lord. I don't know how to, how do I do this? And he took me to this verse. And in this verse, it was, I don't have my old Bible that I had it marked up in so many times, but it it said um, that they would be strengthened in their innermost being. Your innermost being is your spirit. And the Bible says you strengthen your spirit with praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. If you don't know how to do that, ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Ghost, I need that. And just let your mouth utter those utterances and it'll come out so smoothly, guys, so smoothly. Because it's fa- Holy Ghost is fallen on all flesh, okay? So it's going to come very naturally. Just say, Holy Ghost, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. I need the tongues. I need the power to pray in tongues. And use that. the That's me praying in the tongues. That's what it sounds like in my language. That's that's my heavenly language. If it was demonic, the world would do it. The world doesn't do it. That's because it's not demonic. It's spiritual. Hallelujah. It's been attacked because it's spiritual. Hallelujah. It's been attacked because it's powerful. Hallelujah. Are you getting my point? Anything that you've walked into this with reservations about and like, I don't know about that. I think that's pretty weird. It's because the world has trained you that way because the devil is the God of this world and he's very, he's very convincing. And he's going to attack anything that's going to take him out, which means these ministers of the gospel that I'm leading you to go to at lionlandministries.com slash binge Jesus. And I'm not leading the Holy Ghost is hallelujah. And praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, you get, you just do it guys. At the end of the day, I need you to know that if you don't understand it, it's okay. Just do it. If you don't understand why, just do it. Just do what God's asking you to do, because you know what? You're his kid and he knows that you don't have a testimony of this yet. He knows that you don't know. Did you know that? He knows that you're sitting here super confused. He knows that. And he's like, you know what? It's okay. Just start walking because I guarantee you, you put forth the effort. You protect this week for yourself because God's already protected in the supernatural realm, which if you don't know is a giant deal. Okay. His sovereign power is amazing. But he's protecting this because he's got such an important vision for you. He's got such a plan for your life. He doesn't have time for you to do anything other than what he's asked you to do. The time is short. Jesus is coming and there are souls that are going to go to hell if you don't get up and do your job. And I'm not even trying to scare you. This isn't Holly. This is the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, if you do not get out of your bed, get off that couch and you do what God is calling you to do, there are going to be people that don't make heaven. And I have no other way to say that. There are there are going to be people that don't make heaven if you do not get out of that bed, get off that couch, get out of your phone, and get out of that relationship, whatever it is that is causing you immense amounts of idleness, pain, and, and distraction from God's word. Get out. Get in God's word. Get serious. Because like I said at the beginning of this message, this is not a vacation. This is war. And we are going to finish it for the Lord Jesus because he already won it, but we're going to get it done. And God's going to use his mighty men and women to do it. And I'm telling you right now, if you're hearing this message this early on in my ministry, you are a big part of his plan. You're a big part. Congratulations. You have been called by the most high God and you are a big part of his plan. And I need you to know daughters and sons of a King that you are more than a capable. You're more than equipped. You're more than called You're chosen You're holy. You're a royal priesthood. You're of holy birth. Okay? You're a new creation in Christ. Even if you did it today, you're a new creation in Christ. And I need you to get up and I need you to stand. And I need you to fight. Because I can't do this by myself. And the rest of us here in the church, we can't do it by ourselves. Because the bride isn't beautiful yet. It's not. Which must mean that God Is waiting on you. And you've known that for a while. Even if you haven't been able to put words to it, you know what I'm talking about. So let me pray with you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I call these people marked by the blood of Jesus. I call them chosen for the most high's work. I call them to be effective for the kingdom of God now and forevermore, because you know what? The time is short and you have called them to lead the charge at this last Holy Ghost led run of the church. Hallelujah. I wash you clean with the water. I wash you clean with the blood right now in the name of Jesus. Go get baptized, saith the Lord. Go get baptized, saith the Lord. Go get baptized, saith the Lord. If you're not baptized, go get baptized. If you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Just say, Holy Ghost, fill me up. You can do it yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will send the right people to you, saith the Lord. I will send the right people to you, saith the Lord. I will send the right people to you, saith the Lord. Just pray them in. Child, just pray them in. Pray them in. You know who you need. Pray them in. In Jesus' name, amen. And I have no idea what that's about, but you do. I love you guys. God loves you. So remember, show up, be brave, and God will do the rest. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.